Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. Um, with that being said, let's jump into our, um, our, into our message series. Uh, we continue our message series, Know Him by Name. If you've missed any of it, go back and check it out. Listen to the podcast or watch it on YouTube. Today I'm repping this uh, t-shirt. It says, Know Him by Name. And so uh, one of the ladies here in our church uh, made it. She's awesome, Celeste. Um, and so the first service kind of uh, wiped those out, but we still have some in the back. They're like $10. Um, but if you want one, uh, please uh, get one. We have some sizes for uh, males, females, men, women. Um, and so our central passage in this series is in Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. Can we read it together out loud? I know we're going to do some gift cards and memorizing and that kind of thing, but just can we just read this together um, this morning as we get started? Can we read it on the count of three? Ready? One, two, and three. This is what the Lord says. Let no wise man boast of his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast of his might, nor a rich man boast of his riches. But let the one who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises mercy, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things, declares the Lord. You know, this is what we've been taking a look at throughout this series that God isn't focused on the person that can boast on, I got this or I got that or look what I came up on. But God is looking for the heart that say, you know what, I know who God is. You know, if there's anything that I'm going to celebrate, if there's anything that I'm going to talk about, that, that I know him, that I know who my heavenly father is, that I know who my God is, that I know who my rock is, that I know whose promises I stand on. These are the things that when God looks, he sees and he delights in. With that being said, let's take a moment to pray, and we're going to jump into part the next part of this series. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word, and we treat it as such. And Father, we know that your word teaches us that it never returns void. And so, Father, we know, God, that you want to accomplish something special this morning in each and every one of us. So, Holy Spirit, go out and begin to touch hearts and lives, begin to minister, and to begin to give understanding. We know understanding comes from you. Do a wonderful thing, Lord. Speak to us. Help us to understand, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would anoint me and use me this morning to minister to your people. Thank you, Father, for your goodness, and thank you for all that you desire to accomplish. In Jesus' mighty name we all pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. God is good, amen? And all the time? All right, somebody knows it. How about you give your neighbor a high five? Give your neighbor a high five. As we get started here with this, and as you think about life, you know, I was kind of doing just a little bit of thought just this week, just thinking a little bit about just, just life. You know, everybody has somewhere to go, don't we? Everybody has something to do, something that they would like to accomplish, something that they would like to get done, something that they say, you know what, I want, I want to cross this list, this off my list. I got a goal. This is what I'd like to see happen. And I want to cross that off my list. We all have something that we're, we're thinking of. Listen, listen, have you ever had to go somewhere and did you get ready? You get your, get, get your, get your coffee, you get in your car and you're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to get this done today. And then you go and you get in the car and then you run into a bunch of traffic. 
And you see like something's hindering you. Like I just want to go and I just want to get this done. And I just want to get this accomplished. And it seems like you're unable to, to, to your, your progress is hindered. Have you ever seen a fire truck? And, and the fire truck puts on its siren. It goes there and all the cars move out the way. Have you ever thought to yourself like, man, I wish I had a siren and some lights like that. Like that would be pretty cool, right? <laughs> what would it be like? If someone opened up the road for you. I mean, think about all the people that in your family that are counting on you. Think about your sphere of influence. Think about sometimes the weight on your shoulder that you carry. Think, 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 uh, think about the things that you want to get done or the dreams that you have or the visions that you have, the, the things that you want to check off your list. What if somebody was opening the road for you? What if somebody was blocking all the things in this life that are trying to hinder you from pursuing your purpose? What if there was something greater that stepped into your life to help you in these areas of life? I want you to check out this quick video to kind of give you a little bit more of an illustration of where, um, where I'm trying to take us this morning. We're going to dive into God's word. Would you check out this video? Block, block, block. Let's block. Well, the last time you may remember, Sproles had it bounce, and it cost him big time field position. And he will handle this one from the 18-yard line. Look out! Sproles down the sideline with a putter to beat. Still on his feet, no penalty flags. A hundred yard return on an interception by Jenkins. And now an 83. And now Hester, after hesitating, he's going to run it out. And Hester is going to run it out past the 40 into Giants territory. He is going to go all the way. Touchdown, Chicago. And no flags. There he is. Nothing. What if you had someone making a way and blocking you so that you can go forward? Here's the truth. Here's the bottom line, and here's what we're going to get into this morning. Here's, here's what it is. We all need divine intervention against the attacks of the enemy. See, the minute that you begin to think that I don't really need God, I don't need him to step into this, is that you're solely mistaken. Right? You are going to hinder your own purpose and progress in life. You have to come to the place where you recognize and realize that you actually need divine intervention in your life. You need the mighty hand of God to step in and to do his good work in your life. Because it's in him that he sees us through the moments of life. Grabs your hand. Listen, 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 my daughter. Don't, don't even worry about this. And he'll just walk you through the storms of life. What is it that you're facing? What is it that you're dealing with? What is it that you're hoping that you'd love to see happen? What is it that you've been struggling? What is it that's happened? It is the divine hand of God. You know, in one of the lowest parts of David's life, and I'm talking about King David. You heard of David before? David and Goliath. He's got a little slingshot, knocks out the giants, the David who becomes king, the David who conquers great things. And, the, and, and this David, one of the lowest parts of his life, is when he had to flee from his own son. His own son Absalom was claiming the throne. So David, his wife, his household packed up his children, all of his stuff, and they began to march out of the palace. 
and they're leaving the palace and they're, they're walking out and they know that this is not attack just from anywhere. This is attack from home and they're dealing with this, 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 all of these feelings and David's son is coming in here to take the throne. It's a tough moment in David's life. Some people call it embarrassing. Some people say it's tragic. During this time, David is, as he's on the run, he calls out to God and he writes Psalm number three, a powerful psalm. And in this psalm, we see his pain, we see his heart, we see his relationship with God. And we also get to learn a little bit more about God by name. And as I thought a lot about this psalm, it has eight verses. Maybe this is something that you might write to God. If you're into writing or journaling or writing poetry or just writing letters or writing songs, this might be something that you might write before the Lord. And so let's take a look at it. It has eight verses here, and this is what it says here in verse 1. It says, Lord, and see how it says capital O-R-D. He's not talking to some, some, some Lord in this life, somebody that has some type of physical power. No, he's calling on the divine. He's, he's, he's not calling on his neighbor. He's not calling on his boss. He's not calling on anyone like that. He is calling on the divine. And he says, how my enemies have increased. And I don't know if you've been in a season like that where you can see it's like you're getting attacked here. You're getting attacked here. You're getting attacked here. You're getting attacked here. And all these areas, it seems like you're getting hit. Why am I getting hit from every side? Why does it seem like I'm just good here. Now I'm getting hit here. I'm, I'm feeling all of these things. And he says, Lord, he's asking for divine help. Lord, how my enemies have increased. See, it's one thing to know that, yeah, the enemy wants to attack me in areas. And you can almost expect certain types of attacks. But then when you're dealing with an attack in an area that you wouldn't expect at all, I would never see that coming. I would never imagine that, that anybody, I would be receiving that type of pushback or dealing with those type of issues in that area of my life. I would never be thinking that. And David is at a place where that's where he's feeling. He's, and again, some people call this embarrassing. Some people call this tragic. But this brother is in a tough place in his life. In verse 2, it says this. Many are saying of my soul, there is no salvation for him in God. And isn't that just like the enemy? Ganging up on you and whispering in your ear, God can't help you. I mean, look where, look, look where you're at. Look where you're getting attacked from. And just want to whisper in your ear, God can't help you. Listen, stop it. Stop. What are you doing? Go to church. Trust God. Pray. Look, God can't help you. And the enemy will want to whisper right in your ear. Church, you need to learn how to fight. You need to learn how to recognize the enemy. You need to learn how to stand firm and hold your grounds. You're not backing down. You're not giving up. You're not turning the other way. You are going to stand your ground. The problem is there are too many Christians bowing out to the enemy. Anytime he whispers a lie to you. Oh, so-and-so says you can't do it. So-and-so says God can't do it. And you're just like, oh, man, God can't do it then. I mean, whether it's, it's, it's an emotional moment like that or you're just saying, okay, well, God can't do it. So I got to figure out how I'm going to do this because God clearly can't do this. I mean, whatever it is, the place that you come to. But you got to come to a place where you stand firm and I recognize the lie of the enemy and I'm not going for that. Church, do you know who your God is? Do you know what he can do? 
You need to shut up the enemy. In verse 3, David pins this. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. He says this, but you, Lord, are a shield around me. Would you say it with me? But you, Lord, are a shield around me. Could we say it one more time? But you, Lord, are a shield around me. David is declaring this. He says, my glory and the one who lifts up my head, who lifts my head. So some of us, we walk around downcast. We walk around defeated. We walk around feeling like nobody loves us. I don't have a purpose. I don't have a place. Listen, and God wants to be the one to lift your head. And the other thing is that I would caution you is also be careful who you allow to speak into your life or who you allow to lift up your head. Well, I'm going to find my joy in this or I'm going to find my peace in this. I'm going to find my strength. No, the only person that should lift up your head should be the Lord God Almighty. He should be the one where you derive your strength, where you find your peace. You know what? It's going to be okay because the Lord God Almighty is with me. In verse 4, it says this, I was crying out to the Lord with my voice. I was crying out to the Lord with my voice, and he answered me from his holy mountain. You see, some people want God to move in their life, but they don't want to actually cry out to the Lord. Well, God should know. God should know. how. I've, I mean, he knows me. I know him, right? Doesn't he know me? He knew me in my mother's womb, so I, I shouldn't have to tell God what I'm going through. He knows what I'm going through. Sounds like some married couples. You know, my wife and I have counseled couples over the years, and it's, it's it, you know, some of the things I see just patterns over the years. You know, the, the lady, will, she'll say, she'll say, well, he should know how I feel about that. I mean, we've been married for this many years. He should know how I feel. And then the brother will come like this. Well, she should know how I am. This is how I was when she married me. This is how I am right now. This is how I'm going to be when I get old. Some of you like no, like I just like like. <laughs> it's not about God knowing how you feel or knowing who you are. But it is about you communicating. See, in this relationship that you have with the Lord, it's a, it's a relationship of communication. It's, it's a relationship where you have to express yourself. Express yourself in the pain. Express yourself in the joy. Express yourself in the anguish. Express yourself in the celebration. Accept, express yourself in the anxiety. Accept, express yourself when it's time to celebrate. Express how you feel. Tell the Lord how you need him. Tell him what he means to you. Cry out to him. Let him know how the situation is intimidating you. Call on him. You ever watch those tag team wrestling matches? I used to, when I was a kid, I used to watch wrestling. Used to like those things, you know, the, you know and I'm talking about the, you know, the fake wrestling. Oh, I'm sorry if I just popped somebody's bubble. That stuff is fine. That is fake, okay? <laughs> But they'd fly through the ring and all of that. And my favorite type of matches were the tag team matches. You know, and so there's, there's two inside, but you got somebody on the outside. You could tag them, right? Some of you, you, okay, you guys remember, okay? Some of you remember, okay. And so, you know, they're wrestling and they're going at it. And it's like, ah, he's trying to reach the guy outside to see if he can tag them. And the guy's outside, yeah, tag me, tag me, let me jump in. 
And in so many ways, it's just like that with God because you're battling this thing, but you're trying to battle it alone. And God's like, listen, I'm ready to jump in your life, but you're going to have to call on me. Well, God should know. He should just, he should just show up. God wants you to call on him. You have to actually physically express yourself. Call on the Lord. You can't be too prideful. You, 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 can, you, you can't be too, too much of, of something that you can't come before. The Lord God, I'm going through it. I need you. This is hard. This is difficult. I don't know how I'm going to get through. I, I mean, you need to be able to call on the Lord. Who are we that we're too prideful to, to bend a knee and bow before God and ask Him for help? We must be able to bow before Him. David continues in writing. He says this in verse 5. I lay down and slept. I awoke for the Lord sustains me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. Can you say that with me? I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. One more time. Can we read it again? I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people who have set themselves against me all around. Arise, Lord, save me, my God. Can you say that with me? Arise, Lord, save me, my God. Again, can you say it again? Arise, Lord, save me, my God. I have to be able to communicate to him. This is this, for you have struck all my enemies on the cheek. You have shattered the teeth of the wicked. Salvation belongs to the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. And he writes, he pens Psalm 3. And as I mentioned, this is a very difficult moment for David. Him and his family are literally walking out of the palace while his son Absalom takes the throne and threatens his life. Could you imagine that? You can imagine the attacks of the enemy from all the places that you would expect, but imagine an attack coming from the place that you would never expect it to come from. David and his family get up. And they leave. They find themselves in the wilderness, one of the lowest points of the life of David. And in 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 13 through 14, we actually look at the story that's taking place here where David is writing Psalm 3. But in verse 13, he says this, a messenger came and told David, the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. Then David said to all his officials who were with him in Jerusalem, come, we must flee, for none of us will escape from Absalom. We must leave immediately or he will move quickly to overtake us and bring ruin on us and put the city to the sword. Now, if you didn't know who Absalom is, you must think, oh, man, this must be his greatest enemy. But you have to understand Absalom is his child. Absalom is his son. In verse 23, the whole countryside wept aloud as all the people passed by. The king also crossed the Kidron Valley, and all the people moved on toward the wilderness. Some people refer to this type of moment as the dark night of the soul, a place of great anguish and maybe embarrassment and maybe tragedy and maybe hurt and pain and confusion, and I don't know how to go forward. Everything seems dry around me. I don't know what's taking place, and it's from this place of pain. That David pens and writes Psalm 3. And he expresses his heart to God. And God is revealed to us. In verse 3a, it says this. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. I'm going to say it again. But you, Lord, 
are a shield around me. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. And it's here that God is identified as Jehovah Magain. Jehovah Magain is the way it's pronounced in the Hebrew. The Lord a shields. David recognizes and calls on Jehovah Magain. In the midst of his embarrassment, in the midst of the tragedy, in the midst of the attack, what he was never expecting in the, in the feelings and the emotions, he calls on Jehovah Magain to be the Lord, his shields. Now, do you get the concept of a shield? Right, a shield, I have an image here. I want you to see this here, an image of a shield. See, you don't stand in front of a shield, right? The shield isn't behind you while you stand in front of it, right? The shield is in front of you to protect you. You ever see the movie Braveheart? Yeah, some of you have seen it, some of you haven't. Okay, well, there's a movie called Braveheart. William Wallace, all right, history, anybody? Okay, so there's... Um, imagine all the men, they're getting ready for battle and they're getting ready to go out and everyone's got their sword and their shield and they got their war paint on and the blue and the white, all the stuff that they got on and they're ready to go. And then here comes that one brother. He's got his sword, but he ain't got no shields. We're like, hey man, I know that you're pretty good with the sword, but where's your shields? Right, the shield plays this significant role that it would protect you. It would protect you from all the attacks of the enemy. It would protect you from every jab. It would protect you. It would, it would, it would protect you. You're, you're safe in the covering of the shields. How can you go into daily battle without your shields? Some of you are like, well, pastor, I don't go into battle every day. I just get up. I go to work. You know, I come home, have dinner, hang out with the family, hang out with friends. You know, I, I don't go into battle every day. Yeah, that's the problem. Because yes, you do. You just don't recognize it. The enemy is fighting you as you're getting ready in the morning. The enemy is trying to hit you with, with thoughts and feelings and emotions as you're looking in the mirror. The enemy is trying to attack you as you're on your way to work and, and just hit your mind about the things that you're going to face at school or at your job place. The enemy is trying to get you once you get there and you're in the classroom or you're in your workplace. The enemy is trying to attack you as you come home. The enemy is trying to jab you in so many places. The problem is we don't realize there's a battle happening all around us. You open up social media, there's something the enemy's trying to, oh, I'm going to try to jam and try to put that image in front of them. Or, or, or you watch TV. You say, I'm going to put on that one movie. Oh, you know what? It only has one sex scene, so it's no biggie, no big deal. And the enemy is trying to, the enemy is just trying to, it's trying to, trying to get us. Every day there is a battle. You just need to get into it. How should this change the way we live our life? Listen, you need to learn how to get behind God instead of in front of him. There are so many Christians who are trying to run ahead of God, who are trying to get past this, trying to move on to these things, and you're not allowing yourself to walk with God and allow Him to be your shield. See, too many Christians leave God at church. Too many Christians leave God at home. Too, 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 too many Christians, they, they rush off into the things of life without calling on God. They step out of their doors and they never take God with them. They never call on Jehovah Magain to come and to be a shield. God, would you protect my heart? God, would you protect my mind? God, would you protect my ears? God, would you protect my eyes? Jehovah Magain. In Psalms 91 and verse 15, it says this. When they call on me, 
Someone say, when they call on me. I will answer. You have to actually call on him. You have to actually express. You have to actually call the name of the Lord. He says this, I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them when they call on me. You have to actually express this. I'm going to be intentional about this. I'm getting up this morning. I'm waking up. You know what? I'm going to call on the name of the Lord. Before anything else, before I'm going to begin to get into the list of this thing, i got to do that. You know what? I'm just going to call on the name of the Lord. Father, Heavenly Father, I need you this morning. I need you. I need Jehovah my gain. I need your shield in my life. You know the enemy wants to attack me, to take me out, to hurt me, to hinder me. God, but you are with me, and I call on you right now. You've got to invite him in. You have to recognize every day is a battle. Listen, I'll tell you, brothers and sisters, our God is good. God is good, isn't he? He desires to be good to you. But when you get behind God, you experience the peace of his protection. It's only in this place when you are positioned behind God, behind his protection, that you experience the peace. Some people, you know, they, 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 that's their desire. God, I just want your peace. God, I just want your peace. I want that peace that surpasses all understanding. Then stop trying to get out of position. You have to be in position, behind God, behind his shield. And in order to be behind his shield, you have to be able to express your call on him. It's in that place that you can experience this peace. You can be in any type of storm, any situation, any mountain, anything that you're facing. It's crazy. I got this medical situation. I got these bills. I got this relationship issue. I'm feeling this attack here, 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 all these things. But you know what? Man, God's good. It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God is going to see me through. He is a shield in my life. He is protecting my heart, my mind, my ears, and my eyes. My, my God is with me. He's got you. I mean, what do you think happens when you get behind God? All, all the craziness, but it, it's okay. In Isaiah chapter 54, verse 10, it says this, Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. You know, there's so much happening here with the prophet Isaiah in chapters 51, 52, 53, and, 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 and then he goes into 54 and he begins to, 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 to release this covenant of blessing over the people of God. And he says, listen, it could be crazy here. It could be crazy here. It could be overwhelming. You could be feeling this type of feelings about yourself, about these people. What are you go What's happening in my life? And God's like, listen, listen. Yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace. Because of God's compassion on his people. And what does the devil want for us? The devil wants you to be toe up from the flow up, right? That's, that's what he wants. He wants to try and knock you out. Not just down, he wants you out. And God says, let me be your shield. Let me be your shield. See, when you're behind God, there's two things that are happening, and I want you to understand this. When you get behind God, when you get behind that shield, you're being protected, right? All the fiery darts of the enemy, everything that's hit, the shield blocks it all. You don't have that shield. You're just exposed. You're getting hit. You're getting hit. You don't feel good. Life is destroyed. Everything is just hit. You're hit. You're just hit. You're hit. You're hit. But behind the shield, 
It hits, it falls, it hits, it falls, it hits, it falls, it hits, it falls. Ooh, God's good. God's good. Ooh, ooh. The enemy tried to take me out. Ooh, but the shield of God. Ooh. Because of the shield of God in my life. Right? That's what happens. But I said that there's two things that are happening. Number one, God is a shield and he protects you. Number two, what, guess what's happening on the other side of that shield? Not only is the fiery darts of the enemy falling down, but God is also defending you. God is fighting your battles. I mean, as we look throughout Scripture from beginning to end, you look from Genesis to Revelation, we see a mighty God, the Lord God Almighty, El Shaddai, fighting on behalf of the people of God. What is your issue? How big is your mountain? How, how, how difficult is, is the thing that you're going through right now? And God's like, I fight on your behalf. He is a shield and a sword. In Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 29, it says this, Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword, Jehovah cherub, of your triumph. Jehovah Cherub, the Lord, the sword. He will fight for you. Who can defeat your enemies better than God? See, when you get behind God, he not only protects you, but he fights for you. I'm going to close with this. Can I get that song, please? So some of you guys know that I was sick this, this last week. I wasn't here this last Sunday, and had a uh, strep throat, and uh, you know, you get on antibiotics, the doctors say that you're not contagious after uh, 48 hours. No, I went to the doctor, got antibiotics, went through that process, and through that process, I was alone with my family. Excuse me, I was alone while my family, they kind of locked me in a room. Uh, couldn't even open it, tried it like this, and they had taped the outside of the door. No, no. But, you know, the idea is that, you know, you get sick. You don't want your family to get sick. You don't want anybody else to get sick. And so I'm, I'm in this room. And it was, it was tough, but it was also wonderful in the sense that I had a whole lot of time, just me and the Lord, you know, and, and also recovering and dealing with my throat, swollen, can't, you know, even speak and dealing with all that. But, you know, there was, there was a lot that happened during that time. And Wednesday morning this week, God woke me up about 3.45 a.m. And, you know, I have heard God's voice audibly. I've heard his voice, and I, and I recognize his voice. I know God's voice. I know when God is trying to speak to me. This time, he, he didn't speak to me in an audible voice, but he did put two words, like, like on my, like, on my, like, 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 in my head, like, on my tongue. Like, he put two words that were just there. These two words were python spirits. Pi I woke up, 3.45. Python spirit? Python spirit? Immediately I began to, you know, go into battle and I began to rebuke and to bind it. And many times God gives me something and it's for, it's for the church. And so I, I began to just to re rebuke and bind, and I begin to pray for you all. And I get up, and I get up out of my house, and I go outside the door. My family's asleep. They're in the other room. And, and you know, and I just walk throughout my house, and I don't sense or feel any evil 
like at all. I've dealt with all kinds of attacks. You could think uh, like all kinds of things, and I and I feel evil. Pre- I, there was nothing, nothing. So automatically, you came back into my mind. So I started praying for you again, and I started coming against this python spirit in your life. Some of you, I began to just, it just, some of you came by name, and I started to pray for some of you specifically, and others, I prayed for all of us generally against this python spirit. And I began to rebuke it and bind it and cast it out, and I just began to just, that was just where I was at. Well, a little bit later that morning, I, I, I shared with our deliverance team, and they reminded me of a passage in Acts chapter 16, verse 16. I'm going to read this to you. It says this, it happened that as they were going to the place of prayer, now this is the Apostle Paul, and he's here with his companions. He says this, as it happened, as they were going to the place of prayer, a slave woman who had the spirit of divination met us, who was bringing great profit to her masters by fortune telling. Now, previously, the Apostle Paul had received a vision to go to Macedonia, Philippi, is a city in Macedonia. Delphi is a particular area right there in that region. And guess what in Delphi? They worship the Python spirit. They actually have an idol built up and they worship this Python spirit. And this spirit, this idol has an oracle attached to it. And an oracle is somebody who would speak from that spirit to the people. And so they, they, they worshiped there, and that spirit had ruled and reigned in that area of Macedonia. And this woman had this spirit of Python, this divination spirit. And so what is that? That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. Someone who does witchcraft has tried to call curses on this church. Someone who does witchcraft has tried to call curses on some of you, on myself. And God woke me up at 3.45 in the morning on Wednesday and said, Python spirit, so that I would know exactly who our enemy is, exactly who we're fighting, exactly who we're coming against, who is exactly trying to hit you and hurt you. And as we did some more studying and research around Python spirit, what we come to understand is that the Python spirit, its desire, when the witchcraft and the curses go out, the idea behind it is that it would choke the life out of you. And some of you have felt like the life has been choked out of you. Something is trying to kill you. Something is trying to hinder you. Something is trying to wrap you up and to, and, 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 and to, and to kill who you are. Whether physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, make you think you're crazy and all kinds of things. It's the Python spirit. See, if you can understand that God is real, please understand that the devil is real. If you could understand that there is Holy Spirit, please understand that there's a very much a demonic realm and there are demonic spirits and witchcraft is real. This is why I tell you, and I warn you so many things, stay away from things like the Ouija board. Stay away from palm reading and tarot cards and, and fortune tellers and all of these things are real and they're demonic. They're not made up. That's also a lie from the enemy. The enemy wants you to believe that they're real, and then another group of people, he wants you to believe that they're made up. They're not. These things are real. 
You play with black magic, white magic, any of these things, you are inviting demonic spirits. Somebody who does witchcraft, who does curses, has tried to curse the house of God, has tried to curse his sons and daughters. And we stand against him in Jesus' name. Are you ready to fight this? Church, don't be scared. Don't be scared about the things that we're talking of. Shake that feeling of scared right off. Shake it off. Have nothing to do with that. You are a child of God. Do not forget it. Do not forget your identity in Christ Jesus. You are God's child. He loves you. He is with you. He is for you. Shake off those scared feelings. Ooh, the demonic, that's scary. Ooh. No, I rebuke that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. Do you understand all the way from children, we are, we are brought up to be scared of these things? I mean, that's the whole idea behind Halloween. Ooh, boo. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Are you ready to fight this? Would you repeat this after me? The Lord impressed some things on my heart here for us to write, for us to, to say together out loud. Are you ready? In the name of Jesus, I renounce every evil practice I have knowingly or unknowingly took part in. I cancel the plans of the enemy over my life. In the name of Jesus, I cancel the plans of the enemy over my family in the name of Jesus. I cancel the plans of the enemy over my church in the name of Jesus. I rebuke and bind Satan and his demons in the name of Jesus. And his demons in the name of Jesus. I break every bondage over my life in Jesus' name. I cast Satan out in Jesus' name. To the person doing witchcraft against God's people. May their mouth be shut up and their power removed in the name of Jesus. May they be unsuccessful in all their evil plans against God's people. May every curse they have made be reversed against God's people. In Jesus' name. And may they come to find the mercy and grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. There is somebody who's trying to curse us, choke out us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. This is this, you are from God, little children. He's speaking to the church. And have overcome them because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
I want you to get it. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Satan is trying to do his thing to intimidate you, to hurt you, to hinder you. But we come against him in the name of Jesus. Why? Because greater is he who is in us than Satan who is in the world. We are the people of God. And we will not be intimidated. We will not bow down to the whispers and the lies of the enemy. You will not be scared, church. Stop the idea of scared. Ooh, boo. No, no, no. We're done with that in Jesus' name. I rebuke the spirit of fear over God's people in Jesus' name. Here's my challenge for us. We're going to close here in prayer. It says this. Make a daily habit to call on Jehovah Magain, the Lord of shields. Call on him. Take him with you. And then stand firm and bold. I'm going to take a moment to pray, and we're going, to, we're going to do that. But before we do, this is what I want to say. God woke me up with this, with, with these words, Python spirit, and helped me to recognize the enemy that is trying to hurt and to hinder us. If you right now are in a season of your life where it feels like the life is being squeezed out of you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, any of those areas, and you just feel like something is trying to get you, Something is just after you. It's trying to squeeze the life out of you. I want you to come right here in this area. God is going to do something right today and break some chains today. I promise you, you will not feel the same. Secondly, if you have a family member that you know who is feeling and you know that they are feeling like the life is being choked out of them and you know that the enemy is after them to kill them and they will be done, I want you to come right here. Come and stand in the gap for your family member. Come and stand for them. Your faith and my faith and in the name of Jesus, you are going to see chains broken in their life. Lastly, I want those who are willing to come and stand in the gap for our church because the python spirit and the attacks of the enemy want to come and choke the life out of who we are and what God is doing in us. Would you come and would you come here and worship the Lord here and come and just stand in the gap for our church. And allow God to do something powerful today in his house and with his people. We are the people of God. Satan is real. His demons are real. But we stand against him because greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. There is victory today in the house of God. Would you stand with us? So I'm going to take a moment to pray. As I'm praying, would you just begin to come forward? Any one of those three, God is going to do it. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for all that you desire to do. I thank you, Father, for your holy word. I thank you, the Holy Spirit, that you're here, that you speak, that you reveal, that you, God, help us, give us understanding of these things. And you're also giving us power and boldness and strength, Lord, and truth, Father. And I pray, Father, right now in Jesus' name that you would hear the prayers of your people here at this altar, Lord, that you would receive their worship. And by faith in the name of Jesus, we are going to see you do miracles, signs, and wonders. There will be freedom today. There 
will be broken chains today, God. Your people will stand firm and bold, Lord, like never before. I pray, God, that you would fill people with your spirit and anoint them for such a time as this. So I thank you, Lord, as we come to you, Lord, in this place. Would you hear us, Father? Would you hear us? Stir hearts, God. Now is the time for revival. Now is the time for your church to come alive. And we are coming in Jesus' name. Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.